Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Tom Spence, Chris Ragg, and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing why pirates are cool. Um, Nick... Why are pirates cool? Well, let's start by covering some recent news. Uh, Lance Gooden. Yes. Hmm. Is he a pirate? No. Ah. He's not a bad one either. No, exactly. Good. We've got that out of the way. He's, he's a described good one. he's described as a as a Republican congressman. Ah, these are anyway, good. he has introduced legislation, which won't happen, but he's introduced legislation to bring back privateering to cool. the US. Pirates, baby. Yeah, yeah. So um, apparently, the theory—what would happen is the president would issue le- letters of mark, yeah—and um, and they would allow private citizens to seize, in this particular case, Russian yachts. Okay. But it starts as Russian yachts, doesn't it? But it'll end at Spanish galleons laden mm, with gold, mm. um, ducats. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Apparently, the last time this was done was 1812. So that I would imagine during to the do war with the British, of 1812. Right? Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Uh, of course, my first thought wasn't, oh, no, the return of pirates, those dreadful villains from the past. But hooray, oh, yes. yeah. the return of pirates, those fantastically cool villains from the past. I think and, we should clarify that privateers are technically not pirates. Right, but everyone thinks they are. That's fair. Okay, so, uh, I mean, they do the same things that pirates do. Regardless, they whether they're privateers or, or pirates or, or, or it's the same thing, both are cool. So, anyway, yeah, keep we going. We want to have some uh, legal top cover, though. yeah. Makes it less cool, but anyway, yeah, uh, that makes it less illegal. But you know, the activity is still pretty much, yeah, yeah. pretty cool piracy. Um, pirates weren't uh, they? De- pirates weren't that nice, actually. I found an account of um, of a man called uh, Montbars of Longadoc. He was nicknamed the Exterminator. One of his victims, he um, uh, he took out one end of his guts, nailed it to a post, and then forced him to dance to death. Oh my god! By hitting him with a burning log. Good lord! So that's a that's pirate a pirate. He was a pirate. It's, it's inventive though. Um, yeah, creative then, and cool. Uh, yeah, a, a one Edward Lowe, quite a famous pirate from the olden olden days. Um, in 1724, um, attacked a Portuguese ship. The captain dropped some gold overboard so that the pirates couldn't have it, and so he um, cut off the uh, the captain's lips. And and cooked them in front of him. Good lord! You know, pirates weren't all daring dudes. To be fair, though, that is a really annoying thing to do to drop the gold in the sea so that nobody can have it. Dog in a manger. We'll probably cover whether or not pirate pirates victims deserve it. We probably will. But uh, so I'm just saying that pirates, even though we think of them as Captain Jack Sparrow and larks, Mm. you know, they did they were villains. At the end of the day, anyway, why do we think they're cool? And and widening widening it slightly, not just pirates, but other kinds of organised criminals like mafiosi, you know, from the films, the cool gangsters from the films, and then like cyber criminals, they're quite cool, aren't they? In hackers and things, yeah. So, yeah, what are the rules? How do you get to be if you're a criminal of some kind? How do you get to be cool? Yeah, because I was about to say, hey, this is a really simple one. Um, Classic phrase of yeah, response. Yeah. Um, because they're doing, because basically they're doing stuff that we would like to do but can't do because we're just nice and normal and obey the law. But you could say that about murdering. 
and yeah, I definitely and, like to murder people, yeah. but murder, murder, but murderers not cool. are not cool, no. right? But pirates are, the mafia are. I think there's some other stuff going on here. There's a lifestyle thing going on, but I, def I definitely think there's a sense of freedom and being a bit maverick about mm. this. Um, who wants to weigh in, um, Tom? So I think one thing that we need to recognise is that pirates haven't always been cool. Mm. If, if you were around in the 18th century, you would have hated pirates. You know, they'd they'd be like, you know, probably probably murdering a couple of your relatives. If you lived in the Mediterranean coast, they might have kidnapped you, mm. you know, sold you into slavery. Mm. Uh, and similarly today, if you're part of the Merchant Marine, you, you probably don't like pirates much either. Yeah. Right. Um, well, well, not only that, I mean, I would say like nobody really thinks of, you know, the, the pirates in the Malacca Straits or Somali pirates as as being cool, you know, in the same way as you think about pirates historically so yeah, yeah I mean, no no one in the shipping industry is thinking to themselves boy i'm really excited for this port call at port harcourt because i i might get to see some pirates they're yeah, thinking yeah. oh no we've got to get extra on protection but and might get kidnapped would they think that you know captain jack sparrow is cool I bet they would. Potentially. Um, and so I think there's something going on here with literature and film and so on. But yeah, yeah keep but, going, but Tom. Is it, I mean, but it also does suggest that it's not the piracy itself that's cool, but something about the way they do it. That's something to think the, about. The aesthetics, perhaps. Maybe. And I think there's also something similar to be said of, of mafia. You know, we're, we're all used to kind of mafia films and think of them as pretty suave and cool. But equally, if you, you know, if you are a, a, a citizen in, in a sort of mafia state, who just wants to go about your normal daily life, but you constantly have to pay protection money and bribes, you're probably not their biggest fan either. Don't care really. how cool their suit is. Yeah. 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 Mm. But yeah, no, cool would be the last thing that you would sort of associate with them. Yeah. Right? Um, just scary thugs, essentially. So, yeah. Chris? Uh, yeah, so I, I think, as you as you hinted at, there's there's obviously something going on with sort of dubious morality, criminality, and fascination, interest, attractiveness. Um, and if you look throughout, you know, um, lots of areas, so if you look at, you know, literature, you obviously have famous kind of uh, criminals within within literature, you know, Long John Silver and Joss Merlin from, from Jamaica Inn. But, but you know, more, more broadly, um, the I whole... Think, I think Long John Silver is a mutineer rather than a pirate. No he's a pirate. Yeah. Oh, right. He's got yeah, a, I mean, he invented said, the pirate aesthetic. If you said, you know, job title, Long John Silver, <laughs> most people would, would pick him as a pirate. But at least, equally, Josh Merlin's actually a wrecker. He's not a pirate. Mm. But, you know. um, but the point is, they're, they're um, breaking uh, laws, effectively. So they're, you know, criminals and it involves ships. Ship know. Based illegality yeah, exactly. of some sort, right? Um, but but the point is, uh, it's not not you know if you look outside the pirate genre, you know uh, um, there are all sorts of the, the Byronic hero is a very well trodden trope within within literature. In fact, kind of the, the key examples of the Byronic hero is Byron's poem The Corsair, where he he sort of um, you know one of the lines is uh, lone, wild, and strange. He stood alike exempt from all affection and from all contempt, uh, which I think sums up that, that sort of sense of what it is we, we find. Um, Can you say a, that again? Uh, lone, wild and strange, he stood alike exempt from all affection and from all contempt. Could be a description of nice. Chris himself, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I like that, thing. that's nice. But, but, it, but it's this idea that, you know, 
uh, we don't love them, but we don't hate them either. We, there's something in, in, in between. And then you look at like films and you think about the most iconic characters uh, in films, Darth Vader, the Joker, um, uh, anything with Alan Rickman in, you know, um, uh, the, the Javier um, Bardem character, the hitman in, in No Country for Old mm. Men. You know, all of these these types of um, characters, they're, they're all, the ones that keep drawing us back are the ones that are criminal or, you know, morally dubious in some way. And then you look at history, you think of the most famous figures in history, it's Caesar, Genghis Khan, Napoleon, Hitler. They're not... They're not the yes. There are your shy. In a way, they're a bit piratey. In a way, they're a bit piratey. Exactly. They're they're sort of swashbuckling. Mm. Well, I I wouldn't go as far as to say Hitler was swashbuckling, but um, <laughs> uh, but you know they are they they they're, they're infamous, right? Mm. That's that, that, and I think there's something about infamy that makes it uh, you know you're more prominent than simply fame yeah um but also so. i definitely think this i hear about not obeying the rules and that we all kind of secretly um um, um lust for that well it's like if we go all the way back to to robin hood you know mm. robin hood's kind of almost the archetypal hero criminal at least in this country mm. in reality he was a a violent you know highwayman who uh who robbed and murdered people in the woods. And, Pro- probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and distributed gold to, to kind of his lackeys. Uh, but there's a romanticism in the, in the outlaw. Yeah. I think the distinction between outlaw and criminal mm. might be one of the things we, we need to investigate here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are very lots, of, I think, in, in different countries around the world, there are lots of very, everyone's, every country seems to have its sort of Robin Hood figure. And they are exactly, as you say, they do tend to, you know, they have that romanticism and sort of folkloric sort of um, affection, but actually they just often just did quite horrible stuff. Um, Nick. Yeah. So I've, I've tried to work out the rules for what makes a type of crime cool or not. Nice. But I've started by just sorting things into piles. And it seems to me that, like, definitely cool criminals yeah. are... Uh, mafiosi, yeah. particularly from the sort of nineteen, the golden age of nineteen forties and fifties, um, uh, obviously pirates. But mm. again, probably really from the golden age of piracy, sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth century. I think um, cyber criminals. I mean hackers. I don't think hackers, they're cool, but keep going. Yeah, I is. Yeah, I, I they definitely they, get kudos just, within their community yeah. for. I think doing for guys stuff. like you, they might be cool. Art forgers, but. I think, are cool. I think everyone likes an art forger. Yeah. Um, so, who are uncool, right? Definitely uncool uh, domestic burglars, yeah. right? Not jewel thieves, different story. Yeah. Right, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Child abusers yeah. uh, and rapists, yeah. not cool. Not cool. Don't no. do it. No. Um, vandals, slavers stalkers and probably murderers but i've got an asterisk by murderers and i'll get to why in a minute because oh and scammers phone scammers i'm not talking sharp suited confidence tricksters necessarily mm, but who phone are scammers cool. yeah. yeah so oh, no, potentially I think there's a romanticism in the call center <laughs> <laughs> precisely yeah so so here are my potentially when they cool... remake the sting is going to be sent in a call center but yeah sorry go so on, potentially Nick. cool criminal so fraudsters i mean scamming people is essentially fraud but i think you know you could get away with it as a fraudster there are ways of doing fraud that are cool um thieves provided they do cool things like steal 
uh, art and diamonds. Yeah. Now, I've mentioned murderers, but actually I think if if someone said, no, I'm not a murderer, I'm an assassin, much cooler. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. like the like the character I was talking about from, from No Country for Old Men. It's, uh, well, exactly. Yeah, everybody likes yeah. a hitman. Mm. Then... Um, Robbers, not uh, proper organised armed robber types. Think of you know the kind the of nineteen sixties London gra- and, yeah. gangland and Heat. Ocean's Eleven. Heat, yeah, yeah, Ocean's exactly. Um, I these are and so that I put that's in potentially cool because that is robber. If you're just mugging someone, not not cool. cool. Um, blackmailers potentially cool. I think depending on what they're how they're doing it mm. and whether the person sort of deserves it I think mm. um, terrorists I don't personally find Islamists particularly cool and I don't like their beards and stuff mm. but I do like the Bader Meinhof yeah, fraction Black September and all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah well yeah. and also we, again within their community there was a definite um, uh, you know Isla- is Islamist terrorism chic chic that, that yeah, occurred, yeah. Um, so g- sort of street gangstery people I think potentially cool. Mm. And, um, yeah, and I mentioned sort of fraudsters and con. I mean, if you watch, there's a film called House of Games by uh, David Mamet, which is, uh, you know, about all about fraudsters, and they make it look very cool. Okay. Um, so, so, that, so, what do you make? Yes, yeah, so well, that's your two so piles. So here's my, let me, let me present you with my theory then. Yeah. I think there are three things you can do to, to make your crime cool. Mm. First of all, um, you can just, in this is aesthetics, right? Accepting that there is, forget about crime, accepting that there is such a thing as just being generally cool, you know, being good looking, potentially a bit rebellious, um, a bit sort of disrespectful of traditional hierarchies mm. and rules and wearing sort of cool clothes, mm. right? Just take that. If you're like that, you've got a good chance of getting your crime to be cool. And I think that's what separates those, those highwaymen, 70s highwaymen. Yeah, exactly. Um, but those those um, sort of, uh, yeah, the 70s German terrorists who all looked uh, unbelievably gorgeous mm. while killing people. They, that Yeah, they see, they're, they're in. Yeah. Not because terrorism is cool particularly. Yeah. Then there's skill. So mm. I think there's a big return. If you're, if the thing you're doing has has requires quite a lot of skill, and that's why I think what separates, you know, kind of um, art forgers from uh, phone scammers is What's that an art assassin forgers... from a murderer, for example. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I yeah. think there's there's that kind of element of skill which you need to have to be cool. Uh, and then finally, uh, and this goes back to Robin Hood, I think, it's the status of your victims. Mm. I think your victims, and this, and it might be related to the concept of coolness being a thing about rebelliousness. But um, but if your victims are high status, probably good. You've got to start there. Giving start it to the man. It. I think that's probably, I think that's the biggest distinction between types. If you had to pick one feature that would make uh, different crimes cool, the status of the victim. You're robbing a casino or a millionaire. Mm. No one cares. Get I'm, on with it. I'm not sure because I think the mafia <laughs> might fall down in this area. Yeah. Let, let's... Pause. Well, well, right, but okay. See now, le- not as cool. So I think you've pretty much cracked it. But keep going. I know yeah, Tom wants to say not something. Cool. But the street thugs you talked about earlier who take protection money from uh, a local businessman definitely not cool. Yeah. But you know when they're um, blackmailing uh, Senator Geary, yeah. who's a corrupt scumbag. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. 
We'll give them a pass. Well, if they're like, but but if that same person also he's got his racket where they're sort of protection racket for local grocery stores, um, it's the same person. It's the same people. But ultimately enabled but, by the but same. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tom, you were good, so want to come in on something. I think I want to add a little bit to your victim uh, categorization approach, which is that I think it's either the status of the victim or an abstract victim. Because I yeah. think I'm going to add to your list of cool criminals, smugglers. Smugglers are cool. Yeah. Right. You know, think of Prussia Cove. Think of think of like uh, sanctions busters. People, people Han, Han Solo. Go, yeah, Han Solo. There well, we go. What about the geezer who comes um, up and tries to sell you a packet of fags outside the pub for five quid? Well, they're the real smugglers, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, so so maybe we need I'm a like, like, going back I'm not to the sure kind of fiction. No, but maybe maybe this right. you, the way you've you, you've separated this out, and I think it's good, is maybe it's a filter. So it's kind of like first step is, okay, one, um, are they, is the victim um, abstract or high status? Yes, right. Then you go on to point two. Are they dressed nicely? Um, mm. And is it, is it, is it, is it a, yes, is it a luxury product? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because at that point, your cigarette smuggler starts to fall down and gets separated out from, I don't know, your jewel smuggler or, yeah. your, or something, or, or I, I don't know, something like that. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there are people who kind of, you know, meet those those categorizations. So I'm thinking uh, you know, the kind of um, gemstone clearing houses in places like Jaipur or mm. in um, in Thailand, which are part of a, a criminal industry that I think we'd all agree is cool. You know, gemstone smuggling, rubies mm. going around, getting cut, disguised, you know, sent around the world. But they're not actually that cool themselves. You know, they sit in an office sorting sorting stones, right? So I think that, it reinforces your point about there is an aesthetic element. Mm. And I think that aesthetic element comes both from ideas of what we think are cool, but also from uh, kind of not necessarily deliberate, but almost conscious cultural creations defining these activities mm. as cool, adding them to the list of things that are cool. That's true. And I guess you, we only see the public face of that crime. Um, I mean, because I, I was thinking to myself, your Byronic hero, he's lone, right? So, uh, you know, lone wolf type criminals plan everything themselves in, out, you know, operate by night. That's pretty cool. But organized crime, organized doesn't sound very cool, does it? I mean, if you're the mafia, you're going to have to have HR people Disorgan and accountants. Yeah. And disorganized crime is way better. Yeah. It's way cooler. Yeah. You're going well, to need things like, uh, you know, you're going to need HR policies, aren't you? And health and safety and that kind of thing to be the mafia properly. I think there's two things that, and the, the mafia is an interesting case in point because it does, it does have cachet. You know, it is it is cool, um, and I think it highlights a couple of things. I think one is um, coming back to Tom's point. I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, how administrative or something uh, might be. I think it's about the position of the individual that we're holding up to be cool. Are they the one? taking the the risks and doing the glamorous stuff or are they simply uh, an administrator within an organized crime system and 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 i think generally one of the things that makes a criminal uh attractive provided it's got these other things around it is they're taking the risk they're you know they're the ones doing something that we can vicariously enjoy in some way yeah yeah um, i contend though that the administrators are taking a risk as well by being involved with it it's just not an exciting risk. It's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's a difficult to sell. You want to see someone yeah, sort of leaping I, across. I think I, I want to rephrase your uh, statement. So that actually it's, it's the generation of anecdotes. 
if it generates stories, no one's going to tell a story about how, oh, yeah, I, um, I stamped, uh, you know, expenses claims for the mafia. Mm. But you might tell a story about a more... Active yeah. Risk. yeah, if you were but smuggling the the thing, the, smuggling the gems yourself, and you had to go through, and it was all very visceral, you mm. know, then I think that's that's cool. People can feel their heart beating. Yeah, in that. It, yeah. It, although it, there it, was a really good it, film uh, from the eighties called The Accountant with um, who's the chap who plays Doctor Octopus? A good one. Nick oh, pointed Mal- at me as though Mal- I Malina. knew. Melina. Alfred Melina. Yeah. Uh, as a North London accountant who accidentally ends up doing accountancy for the mob. Yeah. That's really good. A really good film. That's well, what happens in... But he's probably not a cool character, I suppose. No, exactly. Which he's actually not. makes me think of the Ozarks, where... Um, are you familiar with the... O- the mountain o- range, yeah. Well, yeah, no. But, well, I think they're lakes, actually. Well, maybe they're mountains as well, but they're definitely lakes. But it's on Netflix. It's an o- No? It's, I recommend no, okay. it. It's very good. What you've just said is with an accountant starts working, in this case, with drug uh, cartels. Actually, not by accident. Um, but um, he's not a cool guy, and that's kind of almost the premise of the well, whole they, thing. Well, they're and, us in the story. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And I do think, I know I keep going on about this, and you know, and it's great that we are analysing this stuff. However, I definitely do think it goes back to this sort of, um, this vicarious thing. We all live normal lives. We mm. all live by the rules. And so something like your example, Tom, where well, the guy actually doing the accounts is not that cool. I mean, immediately, just a knee jerk. We know that. And of course, we don't want to be that guy. We want to be the guy doing the, you know. I, I, I think there's also another thing that, that is at play here, which is about um, codes, right? Mm. We talked about the, the mafia. And I think this sort of uh, relates to um, ethics and morality, right? And and what? So we we like like ethics being about, I suppose, the um, codification of behaviour that's endorsed by society or, or valued by society, and morality uh, being about our personal decisions about good and evil mm-hmm. and the choices that we make, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it has religious connotations as well. But um, essentially, what I think what we're looking for in a cool criminal. When you think of the the sort of Han Solo trope, you're looking for somebody who breaks the rules, but has some level of morality, right? Their heart is in the right place, the honor among thieves kind of things. Now, where the mafia is really interesting is that they break everyone else's rules, right? The the ethics of society, but they have their very own strict code Mm. of, of rules, as do other, you know, criminal, uh, sort of ecosystems, and and I think that's interesting and something that we like. We we like to see good people, or we like to see rules that have their own internal logic being followed. I like that. It's a nice distinction. Um, I know Nick was once was raising his hand, but I also want to hear from Tom. So I I just want to bring that back to the criminal versus outlaw distinction. Mm. A criminal is just someone who breaks rules, mm. and you know that they could be cool. Whereas an outlaw is someone who exists outside of the set of rules that mm. we have. And I think that is where then their own set of rules comes into play. And I think that you're much more likely to be cool if you're an outlaw mm. than if you're a criminal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Um, I feel this is actually going... I think we've kind of wrapped this up, no, have we not? Because I wanted to, I wanted to wind We've got more, we've got further. more, we've got more. I've Brilliant. got all this, all this um, culture stuff. From Brilliant. But I, I just... Uh, Chris, what Chris was just saying there did... Uh, made me think of, uh, you know, the, the sort of... The big distinction, I suppose, in um, 
societies, between honour-based societies and kind of transactional type societies. Um, and how you can see that in some ways as a clash between sort of farmer ethics and hunter ethics. Mm. You know, that the, the it feels to me like when we're thinking about these cool criminals, what we're really doing is thinking about people who still live by the ancient hunter ethics, you know, of honour. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, d they don't really believe in having people should have big possessions and be settled and, you know, own huge palaces. And, you know, they that they kind of and they, they, they have a small band of people that they're loyal to and they share in that band of, of people. And, you know, so it feels to me like actually perhaps the what this what these cool criminals from from literature represent is a yearning to be back in a mm. in a hunter gatherer society. And, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. So I, I just feel immediately like I just want to go out and be a hunter hunt. gatherer. Yeah, 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 do, yeah. We all do. I'll do the hunting. We're living you the, a you, life. You do the gathering, I'll do the hunting. Yeah. Um, Tom. Yeah, you said you wanted to move on to something, um, to cultural stuff yeah, or something. So I think this He's got a book out. Yeah, what are these I've books got you've got in front of you? Right. Well, I, I have a lot of books about smuggling. Uh, Can I see the titles stuff? of these so two books? How to Be a one, Smuggler. I, I, if anyone is interested in like the history of smuggling and... Oh, it does um, say just smuggling. Exciting yeah. stories. This one's called Smuggling, Seven Centuries of Contraband. It's by Simon Harvey. And I've got here Patriots and Profiteers by R.T. Naylor. Doesn't look um, like that other one's the second one's been read at all. Though. I'm 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 partway through this one. Uh, like you're like ten far. pages through. I'm, I don't I don't crack my books when I read them. I don't like doing that. Mm, well, you should bend the spine first. No, I refuse. Why? This is a bit of a, a digression. But, of course, <laughs> let's go for it. Why don't you bend spines? I just don't like it. I don't like. The, but then the you run the danger of cracking it, and so therefore no. you have to read your no. book like that. Just little, this. You oh yeah, Tom. That's what I do. I read my book like that. Not again. Like that. I don't I don't need to open it the whole way. Again, maverick piracy behaviour. Yeah. What was sorry? What was the second book again? Uh, which you've not read? Patriots and Profiteers. Patriots and Profiteers. Okay, go mm. on. I bet Fraser hasn't read either of these books. <laughs> yeah. Of course I haven't. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not brandishing them. <laughs> anyway, um, um, uh, so one thing that um, smuggling, or Simon Harvey touched on a lot, is the cultural um, concepts surrounding smuggling. Okay. So you have things like um, the narco corridos in in sort of mexico to the these uh these the drug of, runners yeah. no they're, they're they're the ballads yeah. that have sprung up these kind of narrative ballads so a corrido is a type of song a narrative ballad okay very popular and there's this entire industry of narco corridos now which are narrative ballads about the adventures and exploits of narcos okay um and they're now kind of their, their narco corrido bands are sponsored by cartels to essentially glorify them. Mm. And these songs nice. have become incredibly popular, nice. increasingly in America as well as in, okay. in, in Mexico, where they've kind of originated from. But you also have things like um, you have uh, uh, telenovelas in, in yeah. Colombia, things like uh, someone called La Guajira, which is set on the Guajira Peninsula and is, you know, the smugglers in it are presented as heroes. Uh, they sort of fight against the central government and stand up for the locals. Mm. And similarly, uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez has lots of stories about about smuggling, that sort of thing, where smugglers are similarly presented almost in a slightly uh, a sort of Marquez kind of take on the sort of Byronic hero. They're a bit more uh, enigmatic and so on. Well, you couldn't get a and you couldn't get a more high status and annoying victim than the tax man. Well, yeah, so, and, and I think uh, I think it's also abstract, crucially. Uh, yeah, who's but, the victim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah. if the if the best kind of criminal surely is the one who is actually undermining um, a corrupt institution, yeah. you know. Well, so so they're actually 
the good guys in this if they're redistributing it's very robin hood again yeah exactly um, and i think the other thing is um coming all the way back to um to privateers and letters of mark is criminals who and this is a theme in patriots and profiteers which i have read some of um <laughs> uh it's a definitely an emerging theme uh is that the first when the state is kind of co-opting criminals to join their endeavors so whether that be the cia working with uh with opium rings in in uh southeast asia or privateers or uh you know sanctions busters for example or one of my favorite examples is um the, the in the sort of golden age of smuggling uh, of plant products, when the British and the French would hire adventurers, yeah. also known mm. as criminals, yeah. uh, to go into China and steal botanical samples. Mm. Or, and they or did that in, in South America with rubber as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. rubber was a classic. I think tea. the Byzantine Empire did that with yeah. silkworms. Yeah, and they yeah. two, two yeah. monks who who smuggled the silkworms back in their robes. So you're talking about cooperation uh, between the state and criminals. Because at that point, the criminals kind of, they have a, almost a higher purpose. They're, yeah. They are, well, as the way says, they're, they're profiteers, but they're also, you know, they're patriotic. They're, mm, gotcha. they're doing something nice. for, for a purpose. Interestingly, often when the sort of state doesn't need that service anymore, they go back to being normal criminals yeah. out for their own good. This is also like Lucky Luciano in, exactly, in Italy yeah, and so in on. The, yeah, yeah, in with the, the American... The landings yeah, yeah. In, in Sicily. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I've just got a one, nice little diversion. I liked that. I've got one little interesting theory I discovered, which is yeah. a quick one, but I just thought I'd add it in, in the end. Just about the idea of coolness at all. Yeah. In the 19th century, as I understand it, the concept of coolness in Europe was essentially at what aristocrats did, yeah. where they were sort of, uh, you know, literally... Un, it's sort of emotionless and behaved like they had ennui. Uh, there is a theory uh, Chris which would totally Robert call back then. exactly Robert Farris Thompson, this guy at Yale, uh, thinks that all of the sort of modern coolness ideas of sort of which probably the word cool comes from jazz, right? He thinks that this uh, might have come from um, the Yoruba people, um, a concept called itutu, which is basically being. Uh, sort of almost stoical and emotionless in the face of kind of annoying oppression. And and he thinks this idea might have been imported to the US um, with the slaves and has sort of emerged, I guess, from black culture in, in the US over the course of the last 100 years, which, you know, it's got a bit of anecdotal evidence to it. Quite mm, like it. But yeah. uh, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in because it, it was it interesting. It feels a little stretched, but I, I like, I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's at the very bit. least, we can say it probably contributed to yeah. that concept. There's something about that I like yeah. as well. Yeah. Cool. Okay, I've got lots of stuff I want to Literally. ask about. Um, yeah. Um, anything before I move on to a couple of things? Okay, nice. I thought we sort of gave that a good going over. Um Couple of things. I've got. To, I just want to shout out to one of my sons, uh, Lewis, who, when he was younger, used to um, do this brilliant impression. He used to do a brilliant impression of French person. Okay, um, but even better than that was his impression of pirates. We're talking about when he was about four years old, um, and his he had two impressions of pirates. And the first one was this. Ah. First that first impression. So I think it's quite good. So right? far, was that a pirate or a West Country farmer? Second impression, mm. okay? And this will clarify it for you. Arr, pirate. That was <laughs> yeah. his second impression. Good. Very good. Is that a West Country farmer who's just seen a pirate? <laughs> right. Um, 
you, you, you are. You know this, but you know that. I think it was. I've forgotten. Well, who, lots of pirates were from the West I've Country. I've forgotten who actually, the actor was. They weren't. That's a myth. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it's basically the first time it was portrayed on screen. <laughs> I think uh, in an adaptation of Jamaica Ian or so. It's because of Jamaica. It was one of the guys from the Wurzels, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, like Long John Silver. If you read the book, I think he's a Cockney. Right. There's no evidence that he's. A, you know, Cornishman or anything. Lots but of smugglers, though, were actually from the West Country. Mm, all right. Yeah, easy to get your smugglers anyway, and your pirates mixed up. You, uh, you That's the first thing. Okay, I just wanted good. to get a nod get to my son. There, yeah. I think, second thing, I think I've got a bit of pirate blood in me. Oh, okay. Because I've never felt so thrilled and um, as once, and you're not going to like this story, Nick, but as once when I was at university and I was punting, and often you go in a flotilla of people, oh, and and we sort of, uh, and we just said, right. And whenever you go punting, it's always like with lots of, uh, nice sort of things to make you know like drink and stuff and other recreational stuff to make it more fun and we decided to steal everything from one of the other punts brilliant so that was fun for you but not for the other punt exactly you were the pirates of the punt and let that be a a lesson I think your victims probably weren't quite high status enough for you to be cool I think that might they were high status that might have just been crying they were fellow Oxford yeah exactly I've got no sympathy for any of them yeah Yeah. I wish wish you'd all drown (laughs) yeah a right bunch of punts (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. Um, Okay, question. Um, I don't know if you want this one or a different one. I was going to say, I could could say, you know, who's your favourite criminal? I could say, who's your favourite anti-hero? Similar, same thing. Um, Let's go with that, shall we? Yeah. Um, I I don't have one yet. Has anyone got any ideas? I've got a story about how I I think I met a smuggler once in the Mm. wild. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I was was on holiday um, in Rwanda. Near the border with DRC, yeah, uh, in quite a volatile region. You know, yeah, when when are we talking? It's always volatile, but it goes up and down. Twenty nineteen, but... I think. Oh, okay, mm, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. So a few years ago, uh, it was pre- pretty volatile at the time. They'd actually just shut the border, um, and um, I was trying to get a bus, uh, but the bus was full, so they just wouldn't let me on. Um, and then a car came past, and uh, the guy offered to, to give me and my friend a lift. Um, and he said, oh, I'll just charge you what the bus ticket would have been. Suspiciously cheap. Mm. It seemed very nice. Uh, he was playing some great tunes in, in his car. Um, what did he look like? Uh, and what did the car look like? It, the car was a... You know, pretty, nondescript. F- yeah, almost almost mm. studiously yeah, nondescript yeah. car, as was he, actually. Right. Um, but, you know, he, he was chatting away to us. Um, he was very, very much wanted to emphasize that, you know, he was, he was legit. He showed us his passport. It's like, my okay. name's Gabrielle. Right, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my Christian name. Um, and then he explained to us that he was on his way to Congo uh, with, with a friend um, and then pointed at a lorry in front of us and said, that's my friend. Um, you know, we've come all the way from the coast. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Maybe, maybe he's like the relief driver for, you know, long, long lorry journeys. But then I thought, hold on. If he's the relief driver, why is he driving another car? You're not going to be an effective release driver if you've also been driving. Um, and uh, he never let this lorry out of his sight, including when we got to the city we were trying to get to. And um, he refused to, to go down a oh, side street to drop okay, us so off. Okay, but you accepted his lift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he was great. He drove By the way, just away. say at this point, I would imagine in, in, a, in, a, in a Netflix series, you know, you would briefly appear at the bottom of the credits somewhere. As, oh, yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Um, um, you were just in that one episode, unfortunately. But anyway, yeah. keep going on. So, um, yeah, he, he even refused. He like he made us get out of the car in about 10 seconds flat because he had to maintain visibility of this lorry in front of him, which 
maybe think, you know, this is all conjecture, but I, I reckon he he was escorting that cargo somewhere. I think he was just probably a very kind gentleman who's mm. offered you a, a lift, and you've and you've now yeah, what you know, a terrible and cynical his, world. You know, uh, yeah. I think you mean I've assumed he's an incredibly cool smuggler. Yeah, yeah. In a way, it's a compliment. Mm, anyway, um, right. Let's move on. Um, Nick or Chris? Well, I've got my. It's, it's sort of anti-hero. I suppose it's more my favourite crime of all time, which was yeah. the first London great, uh, the the first great train robbery. Ah. Is that Which different the to the one, one that everyone's familiar era. with then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Where they, they were stealing gold, I think it was being transferred to France on a train. And uh, it was the they it was months and months of planning. Um, and they, you know, had to sort of, they had involved having to break into the uh, train company's offices and take impressions of keys and, you know, get inside people to find out exactly where things would be. And they did it, but they did it all without, in the end, they carried it off without anyone noticing whatsoever. Um, they, you know, got the gold out of the safe, sort of replaced everything so it looked like it was, uh, uh, you know, completely untouched. And they didn't find out till they, you know, replaced it with like similarly weighted uh, bits of uh, lead and stuff. And then in the end, you know, they didn't find out till they opened the safe and, and it had gone. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, but they, Michael Crichton did a drama, did a kind of literary uh, retelling of it, which I highly recommend to anyone who wants a kind of rip-roaring adventure story. Like it. I like it. Um, we'll come to... I'll just briefly go uh, Drake. Um, Francis Drake. Yeah. I mean, not also, Drake the rapper. Not Drizzy. No, the rapper. Oh, no, okay. So, no, yeah, the privateer. Um, but also, I've lived in Cadiz as well, and he famously, you know, singed the beard of this of, of the king of Spain with Cadiz. And, and there's also something about... Uh, something I really like about pirates. Let's call him a pirate for a minute that I like, which is that daring do, that swashbuckling. I think that movement, going exotic places, but mm. also the thing about ships um, is, is you've got nowhere else to go. It's a kind of, it is, tends to be a no quarter stuff. There's no, you can't run off anywhere, okay? When two ships come into fight, that's it. And I kind of like that about pirates as well. Unless you actually um, had to live it with the scurvy and Oh, it'd be horrific. Tooth. It'd be awful. Oh, well, look, if it was that awful. bad, people wouldn't have done it. Must yeah. have had some some benefits yeah but i just like the idea of charging in somewhere like smashing it all up and then running off again yeah uh, yeah agreed it's yeah, yeah. very yeah. nice idea. in and out yeah uh for me um so my, my my dad grew up on a on a like in terraced slums in sheffield right and terrorist slum oh sorry terrorist terrorist. Slum. now terrorist are, <laughs> but uh yeah. in those days yeah. yeah uh with you know outdoor loo and all that kind of stuff yeah. but um he um, he always used to tell me and uh, and my grandmother as well about the guy who lived next door to them, uh, mm. who was called Crabtree. I don't know what his first name was, but he was called Crabtree. Crabby Crabtree. Yeah. First name Crab, surname Tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and he was um, he was basically a a sort of black marketeer con man mm. in the post-war a spiv. Uh, era. A spiv, a spiv. exactly. Yeah. yeah, an old school spiv. And um, so I used to get told all these stories uh, about him. And whenever I imagine him, it, he's always in, in black and white for some reason, like the whole world. Pencil yeah, moustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, zoot and, suit type thing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I remember being told these stories. And one of his, one of his cons, so, my, you know, they'd overhear the conversations he was having with his his victims and things over the, you know, the, the fence or whatever. And, and uh, one of his, his classic cons was selling um, a truckload of, coal that never existed yes. where he he sort of went in 
you know, and then effectively, you know, these people would end up apologizing to him for him having lost even more money than they nice. had. You know, he was obviously so convinced. It's like the advanced so. fee scam, presumably. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you front. And, and he was you your hero. He's your, he's your favorite he's anti-hero. He's not my hero. He, he's, <laughs> I suppose he's the, the criminal I have. I, I mean, I've also actually, uh, my, my ancestor, you know, my great-grandfather was in jail for stabbing a man. Um, there, my, my Austrian relatives were, were, um, all con, con men. So there's actually quite a lot of criminality in, in my past. Um, so it's not that I think they were cool. It's just that they exist. And I'm sort of, well, with Austrian ast- ancestors, it could have been worse. Yeah, exactly. If you're so. going to pick any, go with those ones. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, nice. I've very much enjoyed that. Um, I think that paid off nicely. Um, Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Tom Spence, Chris Ragg, and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.